Hello there, and welcome to the River of Portland Church Podcast. Glad you joined us today. Pastor Herbert Mays gives a great message here on victory. Victory, even in a troubled world. we got Thanksgiving just around the corner, and as we're getting together with our families and being thankful for all that we have and thanking the Lord for the blessings that he's given us, you know, one of the things that we're most thankful for are our relationships. And the most important relationship that we can have is with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Through his death on the cross and then resurrection three days later, you know, he paid the ultimate price and then won the ultimate victory. Death has no sting, not for us who are believers. So this Thanksgiving, take a moment here. Make sure that when you say your blessing around the table that you give an extra word of praise to the Lord and thank you for all that he's done. But really, thank you for the eternity that lies ahead of us that we get to be able to bask in his glory. Anyway, remember, God loves you. We love you. I love you. Have a happy Thanksgiving and God bless. Thank God we got the right to come into a church and praise the Lord. And we thank God for our freedom in this country to be able to do that. I was ta- I'm going to talk on victory this morning. And so um, a lot of times you don't feel like you got the victory. Anybody ever been there except me? I mean, sometimes, you know, you think, man, I'm in a vicious world and I don't feel like I got the victory. And so I was, excuse me, I got a a text from a young lady that used to go to this church years ago. I knew her when she was probably 15 years old. She's married now and lives in Nashville. Her mom and dad goes to church here. And... uh, you know, you go through life, and you just meet special people. And so, I've done a lot of funerals, but I've done one for Jeremy that has hurt me so bad, and I had months and months of trying to whip that, because I knew he's in a better place. But with Jeremy, I saw myself because we were warriors. We were trained for combat, and we fought wars. And so in Jeremy, I saw myself. And he used to come to church here, and he'd come in the front door, and and, the first thing he'd do is come in my office, and he was a mountain of a man, and he would hug me and say, Pastor, I love you so much. And but it's like I never left the grave. I mean, I had good days and bad days, but it's like it was something inside of me that I never left that grave. And so his sister has sent me this text. And I've read this many times, you know, in John 11. And Jeremy's favorite scripture was Jesus wept. That was his favorite scripture. And so I have read that story, you know, about how Jesus went and um, Lazarus was dead and, and, and the whole story. 
Jesus wasn't weeping because Lazarus was dead. He was weeping over their lack of faith that he could raise him from the dead. But, but she had sent me the sweetest text, and she said, Pastor, I was reading this late last night, and she texted me late in the night. But she said, I had, was reading this scripture. She said, I started reading in the New Testament to find out how Jesus lived, or to that effect, can I live like Jesus? Well, I can tell you right now, every one of you can live like Jesus. Because I'm going to show you, you have the authority to do that. But anyway, she said, as I was reading this, and she said, it's like God took me to his grave, and it wasn't nothing there. It was just grave clothes. And the Lord has spoke to him and said, he's not here. He's with me. And I read that text and it's like, man, you know, sometimes it takes strange things for you to get victory over something. You think, well, just a text is a text. I can tell you that text set me free. That I know. I mean, I knew anyway. You understand? You know anyway. But then you fight this and think, well, you know, I just, I got to get victory over this. And you pray about it and you pray about it. And some little girl in Nashville sends you a text. And just like that, you got the victory. Well, I'm going to tell you something. God is so good. I'm going to tell you something. If God could use a donkey to talk to Balaam... uh, (laughs) He can use a little girl in Nashville to talk to me. And so, but we're talking about living victorious in a vicious world. And let me tell you something. If you watch the news, you understand this this is a vicious world. There is things going on. And I just saw on the Internet this morning two little boys sitting in a car in Los Angeles, California, uh, two teenagers, somebody come up and blow them away. So we're living in troubling times. But in 1 Peter, the 5th chapter, verse 6, we read this scripture. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Humility gets you exalted. Casting your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the, the devil, Walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. It didn't say your adversary, the devil, was a roaring lion. It said he walks as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So we give in to that temptation. He devours us. Now, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now look verse 10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while. Now, who wants that? So it tells me right there that suffering is part of living. You're going to have times that you're going to suffer a little bit. But look what he said here. He said, after you suffered a while, perfect, established, Strengthen and settle you. So after we've gone through these trials, the grace of God 
settles us and lets us know that everything is going to be all right. And, and in the Bible right there, he said, cast your care upon him. It would be like this. I'm going to take my care, and I'm going to do it like a fisherman, and I'm going to cast it on him. What does the fisherman do? He reels it in. But we're not going to reel it in. We're going to cast our care upon Him, and we're going to let Him carry our burden. Now, John sixteen thirty three, we see a passage here that says, These things I have spoken to you, this is Jesus talking, that in me you will have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. John 10, 10, the Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, most folks are not living in the abundant life. Well, I appreciate the one amen from my wife. But most folks are not living abundantly. You're living according to what's going on in your situation. I mean, you're, you may wake up tomorrow morning, you got the same problems you got yesterday. But thank God that God gives us the power that we can override that. And we cast our care and put it upon Him. The word abundantly in the, in the Greek is P-E-R-I-S-O-S, P-E-R-I-S-O-S. It means, that's what abundantly means, to operate at a higher level. To live above the normal. If you're born again, he says, I have given you the abundant life. You have the authority and the, and the right to live abundantly above your circumstances. In other words, I can be on top of the situation. I don't have to succumb to the devil. I, and, and so many times we want to just take what the devil gives us. We say, now, Brother Herbert, you really believe there's a devil? There's a devil in this world. And let me tell you something. I heard this the other day. I'm flipping around. I don't watch much TV, but I was flipping around, and I saw this goofy preacher. And he makes this statement. God puts things on you to test you. I thought, oh, my God Almighty. I mean, this clown is on TV. Let me tell you something. God didn't put that cancer on you. It's the devil that causes the problem. God is not the one, and He's not the author of confusion and sickness and all of that. It's the devil. So we know now that good things come from God and bad things come from the devil. Now, no things, we know that it's the thief comes and puts these things on you to test you. It's not God. Now, Roger, now you got a you got a bad report. I, I don't accept that report. When a doctor, let me tell you something about doctors. And thank God for doctors. I'm not knocking doctors. But when a doctor who is trained to do what he's supposed to do. And he tells you, I don't know what's wrong. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You need to go to the good doctor. Let me tell you, thank God this morning, the good doctor knows what's wrong, bless God. And you ain't got no tumor. 
But we want to take everything that the world gives us and just think, well, that's, I'm just supposed to live that way. I'm just supposed to live like that. But Colossians 2, 9 and 10 says this, For in Him... Now, how many is born again in here? Well, then you're in Him. If you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, you're in Him. Because Colossians says this, For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Him dwelt God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. In Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead body. And look what He said here. Uh, and you're a mess. Well, maybe I misread that. And you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. So in Him, I'm, a, I'm in charge of my own self. In other, in other words, I'm the head. Everything God is, is in me. Well, I know most of you don't believe that. But everything that God is and that He can do, the Bible just told me that the fullness of the Godhead is in me. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost operates in me. Then why can't I take authority over all of this mess that's going on? You can if you stand up, bless God, and speak to the problem and say, I'm taking charge over this. I'm not having this anymore. And thank God, because the greater one lives in me. We know John 10.10 said the thief comes. Jesus didn't come to put trouble on us. He didn't come to put sickness on us. The thief came to put things on us to get us distracted, bless God. Now, see, we're going into the season that we should be thankful for everything. I thank God, and I know y'all probably don't, but the first thing out of my mouth every morning is, Lord, I thank you for another day. That you've given me another day that I can worship you. And see, a lot of folks uh, uh, don't have nobody to worship with. I do. It's, he called Jack and Pearl. <coughs> it's my donkeys. Now, I know, because you all think I'm crazy anyway, so that's okay. But see, I can go out in the field. Now, Miss Becky's in there doing whatever she does. But I could go out in the field and I just worship with the donkeys. Have y'all ever heard them talk to me? You come in here, they'll talk to you. So when I go out there, they talk to me. If you ain't got nobody to worship with, get you a dog. Get you something that will listen to you and praise God with you. And so that's, I get out there and I say, now, now, now Jack and Pearl, we're going to praise God this morning. And they're going, woo! I mean, they like it, bless God. I mean, you know, because God said this in, in, in the Bible, wrote this in the Bible. If we, if, if, if we don't praise Him, the rocks and trees will cry out. 
Let me tell you something. You get up tomorrow morning. I don't care how you feel. I don't care how sick you might be. I don't care how depressed you might be. But you get up tomorrow morning, and I guarantee you this will make your day. Get up tomorrow morning and look in the mirror. Now, I know some of you will have to have a whole lot of faith. But you look in the mirror tomorrow morning when you get up before you go to work. And you look in the mirror and you say, Whoo, you're a good looking thing. I, thought, I mean, I think I'm good looking. I, I tell myself, I know nobody else does that. Well, Becky does. She said, you just a sweet, she just used the sweetest thing. Guapo. You know what that, in, in Spanish that means handsome. But anyway, get up tomorrow morning. I don't care how you feel, what kind of problems you got this morning, but try this. Go to the mirror before you brush your teeth. And you say this, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. And you just, let me tell you something. You will go to work with a different attitude. You will go wherever you're going with a different attitude. When you can get up and start praising God, you will get up and have a better day. I mean, and some folks have to do this. They have to get in the mirror. And they say, oh, God. But you don't have to because the greater one lives in you. He lives inside of you. Praise God. Now, I'm going to tell you some things that will steal your victory. Robert, this is my favorite tie, but I preach long enough that it's wet and a little anointing. I'm going to give it to you. Y'all see that color? I'd like to have another one just like it. <laughs> but I'm going to give it to you. Where was I at? Now, y'all wasn't listening because I don't forgot where I was at. Huh? Now, what steals your victory? Would you like to know? I'm going to give you some things the Holy Ghost told me. Wrong friendships and ungodly associations. You hang around with Goofy, you're going to be Goofy. You hang around with somebody who you think is really smart, them smart things will run off on you. So hang around with people who build you up. Wouldn't you a whole lot rather uh, be around people and say, Man, you look good this morning. How you doing? I feel good. I know you're going to make it today. Rather than have somebody say, Well, now, you know, uh, you got a little cough here this morning, a little congestion, Pastor. You know Uncle Harry died of that. Now, why in God's name would I want to hang around with somebody like that? Rather than say, well, you got a little congestion this morning, but you know I'm going to tell you something. You're getting better. I'm getting better as I preach. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to preach the bronchitis out of me this morning. 
Well, I got one amen, so the rest of you want to go home to go to Shoney's. But wrong friendships, it'll steal your joy. Hanging around with people who's always depressed. Why would I want to do that? I want to hang around with someone who builds me up. Now, Proverbs 13.20 said, He who walks with wise men will be wise. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. So you want your victory, hang around with people who talks victory. Wouldn't you a whole lot rather be talking around somebody saying, man, you're going to make it. I don't know what you're going through, but you're going to make it. I don't have but $5 in my pocket, but I'm telling you what, I'm believing you're going to make it. So I'm talking about I want to be around people who builds me up. I want to be around people saying, Pastor, I know you're going to do good. I know you're going to do good. And so I want to be around people who makes me feel good. I don't want to be around somebody who makes me feel bad. Now, there's a darn bug there. A hard shell. They have been everywhere and have the audacity to come on my, my podium. Now, number three. And here's where we're going to key in it today. The key to your victory is forgiveness. Unforgiveness is a seed that when planted will eventually bloom into a tree of all kinds of problems. Unforgiveness. I found this out years ago. And I think back now, and my wife has said this over the years that we've been here. Uh, Herbie, how can you be nice to them after they talked about you like that? It don't, it, it, see, that goes off my back. I don't worry about what they say about me. I only worry about what the Lord says. And the Lord said, I'm going to tell you something what the Lord said. The Lord said, man, you're doing good. Keep it up. Keep preaching the Word, bless God. You're doing good. But, but, but you know, people will, will tear you up. But unforgiveness, when we operate and in that, and I worked on that. Let me tell you something. Before I got saved, August 22nd, 1990, I done figured out how to kill a man. Beat me out of $25,000. This is in 1989 when $25,000 was $25,000. And I had so much bitterness. And you know, you know what happened? It eat on me every day. I woke up thinking about it. I thought about it during the day. I went to bed thinking about it. I woke up in the middle of the night thinking about it. So all of that eat on me and it kept festering in me. And I got so bitter. And what happened was, when that, when you operate in unforgiveness, it, it flows over into other people. People you are hanging around with. Because what happens is, you will talk. The Bible says that every idle word that a man speaks, he'll give account for. That word idle means 
uh, non-productive words that we speak. And so I went through that. But thank God when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And you know what I did the next, well, two days later, because the next day after I got prayed for and I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I couldn't do nothing the next day because I was out in the Spirit. But the next day after that, two days after that, do you know what I did? I looked the guy up. Two days later, I knew where he was at. And I go to where he was at. And he's looking like, I had done told him, you ever come on my property again, I am going to shoot you. Y'all act like I'm not even capable of doing that. But that's how bitter I was over this situation. And so, two days later, I go up and I find him. And he's like, oh my God, when he sees me coming. And I go up to him, and I go over and I hug his neck. I said, man, I love you, and God loves you. I want you to forgive me. He said, forgive you? I said, yeah, I want you to forgive me. Because I'm harboring all of this bitterness and all of this that I'm harboring against you. And I want you to forgive me. And do you know from that day forward, I never had a problem with forgiveness. Because forgiveness, it, it has something to do. It, ha- it has no effect on them. They're going to they, they, they go to do whatever they do tomorrow or whatever they do the next day. It has no effect on them. Forgiveness has an effect on you. Because let me tell you something. I am convinced of this. That a lot of our problems is tied in to not being able to forgive people. We harbor that bitterness. And then God said, because God said this, He said, if you do not forgive, I, Matthew, in Matthew, God said this, if you do not forgive, I cannot forgive you. So we want, we know that God wants us to forgive. And He said, but if you don't forgive, I can't help you. And Jesus, the disciples asked Jesus, said, Jesus, how many times should we forgive somebody? He said seven times seventy every day. So that tells me then if it's seven times, I didn't say it, Jesus said it. So if Jesus said seven times seventy, I had to forgive. So that means then if I'm, seven times seventy is what, 490? So then that tells me that I'm operating in a life of forgiveness. I just, I, I'm just going to forgive you. No matter, it doesn't matter what you say. I'm going to forgive you. And Jesus said, "He just operate like that, and I will give you." Then, he, in another scripture, he said, "I'll give you the keys to the kingdom that you'll be able to operate." So when we can operate in unforgiveness. Now, I mean, when we operate in unforgiveness, it hinders our, our victory.
Now, the one thing when I was operating in unforgiveness that I could not do when I went to church is worship. When I had so much bitterness in my life, the one thing that I could not do is worship. Because that hinders your worship. You just can't get with God with unforgiveness. You can't get into worship and you're operating in some kind of unforgiveness. But worship tears down the wall of unforgiveness. When we can get where we say, I just, look, it don't matter what, I'm going to shout to victory. It don't matter what. Uh, several years ago, I, I, I preached a sermon uh, called Shout It Out. And I got this sermon from H.G. Hill store up here in Portland. And I was looking around and I was uh, just looking at different things. And so I got over into the cleaning department, you know, tied and all that kind of stuff. So I was trying to think, now, what am I going to preach on Sunday? And it's amazing that God will give me things at the supermarket sometimes. Y'all are probably saying, well, he probably gets them at the supermarket every Sunday. But anyway, <laughs> but I'm walking down the aisle, and I come to this thing, and it, it, it's a cleaning thing. And, it, and, and I look at things, and it's a, it's a bottle of shout. I thought, well, I'm just going to see what that is. So I picked up, I mean, I knew what it was, but I picked up the bottle of shout. And I, I looked on it, and on the back of it, here's what it said. Shout contains three main cleaning ingredients. And I said, oh, yeah. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So I can shout it out, bless God, because what's in me is greater than what's out there, bless God. So I say, when you have a problem, shout it out. Let me tell you something. It takes the same amount of energy to complain as it does to shout. Would you agree with that? Same amount of energy. Well, I don't feel like shouting. Shout till you feel like it. Well, I don't feel like it. Just keep shouting. How long am I going to shout? I'm going to shout till I get it out. I'm just going to keep shouting, bless God. Well, Brother Herb, you don't know what's going on with you. It don't make any difference what's going on with me. I'm going to shout, bless God. I'm going to praise God. If it hair lips the devil, it don't make any difference. I'm going to thank God that he reached down all these years ago and saved an old boy that was on his way to hell, bless God. But God reached down further than I could ever reach up and pulled me out of the miry clay and set me on the path to righteousness. So I got I, let me tell you, I got I, I got something to shout about. Oh mercy. So then I said then I thought, then isn't that so good that my attitude changed with my worship and my shout? Every, everybody stand a minute. I'm going to ask you this question because I, I, I know this is going on this morning because I know the Lord gave me this message. Every head bowed and every eye closed. And I'm going to show you how to break that cycle this morning because I'm going to pray with you.